welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. Please stand by. Our service will begin shortly. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Carol Kleibaker, your announcer for this, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service today is the organist, Mrs. Susan Seneger, and the acolytes are Vanson Minning and Jordan Kleibaker. Today's order of service is at www.trinityfreistat.com. This broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Go. May God bless us as we worship together. Good to be with you all here again to worship our Lord and Savior, to receive his gifts of word and sacrament. Uh, let's stand together today and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Members, I saw several people that I did not recognize. Those are probably guests, so please go say hi to them and welcome them today. Our opening hymn today will be O Day of Rest and Gladness, found on page 906 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, O Day of Rest and Gladness, page number 906.
right, and as you are taking your seats, just a few announcements before we begin with worship today. First of all, our Trinity Lutheran School is looking for prayer partners for this coming school year, for this year that we are in. If you would like to be a classroom buddy, please contact Mrs. Amanda at, uh, at the school office. So if you would like to be a prayer partner for one of our classes, that would be greatly appreciated, and the kids love it. Uh, please contact our principal, Amanda Menning, and she will be able to direct you in that. Also, if you are looking for a new Bible for yourself or for someone else, Concordia Publishing House has all of their Bibles on sale. There is a sheet in the back there that is on the wall, and you can take a look at that uh, if you would like to order them. Beginning September the 9th, that is a Sunday during the adult Bible class hour, I will be leading the What is a Lutheran class, the new members class here in the sanctuary. This class is for anyone who wishes to become a member of our church or even those who may not wish to but maybe have some questions about uh, what Lutherans are and what we believe. Uh, the class will run for about eight weeks. And so if you or somebody that you know would like to take part in that, it begins September the 9th. Uh, during the Baba class hour at 845. Uh, the nominating committee has their next meeting immediately after church, so if you are on that committee, please go to the small chapel that is, is right outside here and to the left. And that is all of the announcements that we have for this morning. Let's open our service today with a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, truly your mercies are new every morning. Lord, we thank you that we are called here today, that your Spirit has moved us to be here. Not by accident, not by chance, but Lord, but because of his doing. Lord, we ask that as we worship you now, that you would give us a zeal in our hearts, in our minds, and in our souls for your house of worship here. Heavenly Father, truly better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Please stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness, and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon, upon us. us, forgive us our sins, and lead us lead. to everlasting life. Amen. <clears throat> Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The hymn again today is O Day of Rest and Gladness. Once again, the hymn is O Day of Rest and Gladness, page number 906. Page number 906. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Many of upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord. Full of splendor and majesty is his work. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He sends redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Glory Glory be to the the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whom to know is everlasting life, grant us to know your Son Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is from Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offerings, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I do not know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you walk the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will, be, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with the gradual. Fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him lack nothing. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. This time, it's uh, time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message given today by Miss Hansen. Uh, now is a good time also to bring up your offering, your mighty mites as well. question. Have any of you ever been mad at your brother or your sister? Yes, you've been mad at your brother or sister. Have you ever hit them? Yes, that's not good, right? We should not hit our brothers and sisters. Have you ever thought, my mom and my dad gives more attention to my brother or my sister? No? 
Good. That means moms and dads are doing an awesome job. Sometimes when I was a kid, I was mad that my mom was giving all the attention to my sister. I thought she got more stuff than I did. Do you ever feel like that? Nope. So do you have faith that your parents are going to take care of you? Right? Take care of all of you, all of their kids, right? You have faith that they're going to take care of you. They're going to feed you. They're going to give you a house and all the clothes. At Christmas, they're going to buy toys for you, right? Do you have faith in that, that they're going to do that? Yeah, you do. Now, there, what um, the reading this morning is about Cain and Abel, and they're our brothers, right? Now, Cain gave a nice offering to God, but Abel gave the best of the best offering to God. And why did Cain get mad? He didn't get mad at his parents, though, right? He got mad at God. Was he jealous of the attention that God gave to Abel? Just like, yes, he was jealous of the attention that God gave to Abel. And he was mad about it. Well, is that good, to be mad at God? No. But Abel had faith when he gave the best of the best of his stuff, of his offering to God, he had faith that God was going to keep taking care of him and was going to keep um, giving him the things that he needed in his life, right? But Cain, now think about this. Did Cain have faith that God was going to continue to take care of him? Or did he decide, did he have faith? Do you think? Or did he decide, well, I just better give God just a little bit, just in case I need to keep that for myself because maybe I won't. You know, maybe God won't give me as much as he gives my brother. Do you think that's what happened? So who had more faith in God? Abel had more faith in God, right? And Cain got mad. But God doesn't want us to want for anything. He wants, us to, take, he wants to take care of us. He wants to give us everything we need. But is he going to give us the everything that somebody else has? Maybe not, right? He's going to give us the things that we need. So when we have faith that God's going to take care of us, it's going to be everything we need. Not everything we want, but everything we need. Our faith in Jesus... Well, sorry, I just messed up my own thing. Our faith in Jesus is the thing that we need to have the most, right? So God gave us something so we could get faith. What did he give us? His son. He did give us his son, but something else that we need to do to get our faith. He loves us. He does love us. Do we do anything to get our faith? No, but our parents bring us right here. What is this? Baptism. So our parents bring us to baptism, and that begins our faith in Jesus, right? And we grow up with that faith, and we keep that faith, and we pray, and we go up there. When, when you get confirmed, we get something up there. What do we get? Communion. Communion, and that strengthens our faith every single week, right? So can we pray together and ask God to bless us today? Dear God, please be with us as we learn more from your word about faith. Help us to grow in faith in your son Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys.
The epistle reading today is from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Now faith is being sure of what you, we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that, it, so that what was seen was not made out of what is, was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man. When God spoke well of his offerings, and by the faith he still speaks, even though he is dead. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 23rd chapter. Jesus said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You build tombs from the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, If we had lived in the days of our forefathers, we would not have taken, we, we, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the sin of your forefathers. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers. Some of them will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. I tell you the truth, all this will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Our hymn of the day is Jesus, Refuge of the Weary, found on page number 423 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Jesus, Refuge of the Weary, page number 423.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the Old Testament lesson that was just read. Please have that in front of you because we'll be going through it as we go along here in our message this morning. I want to begin by telling you a story, the story of King David, but I want to tell you what happened to him after his affair with Bathsheba and after he killed her husband. The Lord knew that he very clearly was not repentant, that he very clearly was not sorry for what he had done. He was happy because, well, he had gotten what he wanted, seemingly had covered it up, and seemingly life was just going to go along the way that he hoped that it would. But the Lord was not finished with David. As we talked about actually in Baba class this morning, the Lord was not content to leave David in his sin. So God sends the prophet Nathan to David, and Nathan tells David a story about how this rich man came and took this poor man's prized possession, this little ewe lamb for himself, even though he very well could have afforded one. And David becomes so enraged by this story that he, he, he says that this man must pay for what he has done four times over. And then Nathan says to David, you are the man. You are the rich man in this story. You are the one who has sinned against the Lord. And then verse 13, if you were to look at that, it's in 2 Samuel. In verse 13 of that chapter, two very important things happen. Number one, Immediately after Nathan gets done telling this story and tells David that you are the man, he immediately confesses his sin. I have sinned against the Lord, David says. And then in the immediate next sentence, God, through the prophet Nathan, is so quick with his gospel, so quick with his good news and forgiveness to David, his very own child. One who, it is said, that had, had a heart that was after God's own heart. And it says, God has forgiven you of your sin and you will not die. David's response and Nathan's forgiveness is really a great picture of what is going on in this story with Cain and Abel. Now, in, in order to kind of understand a little bit further what is going on in this story, I'm going to point us first to some context that's going to be helpful. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, it says this, For this reason it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? 
For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins, have that guilty conscience. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And then also from Hebrews chapter 12, specifically verse 24, the writer says, To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And so with that context, let's take a look at our text for this morning from Genesis chapter 4. There's lots going on in this text, so we're going to unpack it a little bit. Chapter 4, starting with verse 1, Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. And she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, I have read in some commentaries from some scholars that Eve thought that she had given birth to the Savior. There are some translations, actually Luther's translation of this particular verse says, I have brought forth, where, when, when Eve speaks, she says, I have brought forth a man, comma, the Lord. She thinks that she has given birth to the Savior, which has led many scholars to believe that it's possible that Cain, being the firstborn, was probably, probably the favored son, the favored child between he and his brother. Going on to verse 2, later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. It has absolutely nothing to do with what the two sons are bringing as an offering. God did not like Abel's sacrifice because he brought meat. And God did not dislike Cain's sacrifice because he brought grain. It had absolutely nothing to do with what they brought. It had, it had everything to do for the purpose for why they brought it. Verse 4, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. And then in verse 6 we get to a very, very interesting conversation that happens between Cain and his Lord. The Lord says to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Literally, Cain, Satan is crouching at your door. He's right there. And we've kind of talked about this before here where he kind of whispers things a lot he will take one thing and sort of begin whispering in our ears yeah this yeah this and then before you know it hate begins to grow inside of our hearts and so god literally warns cain sin is crouching at your door satan is right there just like it was with your parents it's right there he is right there. It desires to have you, but you must master it. 
Verse 8, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. Verse 9, then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And Cain says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? We see this a lot in today's language and in today's culture. That phrase is used quite a bit. But with regards to where that phrase comes from in this chapter, Cain is dead wrong. Is he his brother's keeper? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, you are, Cain. We know this from, of course, commandments 4 through 10 that have everything to do with our relationship with our neighbor, how to be neighborly. But Abel, I'm sorry, Cain knew about this even before that because what did God tell his dad? What did God tell his father? After God created Adam... The Lord told him, and now you have dominion over everything here. Everything that I have created, you're in charge of it. And so no doubt, Adam and Eve had told their sons about how the creation of the world had happened, which, by the way, would have been a really cool bedtime story. And so Cain knew this. He knows that just like his father, that he is in charge of everything that has been created. So is he his brother's keeper? Yeah, you're darn right he is. He is his brother's keeper. Verse 10, the Lord says, what what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground. And listen how similar that this sounds to the curse that he gave to his father. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. It not only sounds a lot like the same curse that his father received, but it's sort of intensified. When you work the ground, you're not going to get anything from it. Not a single thing. It will no longer yield its crops for you. Instead, you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And now here in verse 13 is where we get to the similarities between how David reacts to when he is confronted with his sin and how Cain reacts to when he is confronted in his sin. Both have committed the same sin. Cain says, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. What did he not say? Not one single time. I have sinned against the Lord. Instead, he's only concerned about himself. He's only concerned about what, about what has happened is going to affect him. Well, now you have driven me. It's more than I can bear. You are driving me from a land. I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Not one time that we're told. Not one time does his response to God sound anything like David's. Again, David says, I have sinned against the Lord. Thankful. Remember that. Thankful for the forgiveness of his sins that he has because of his God. 
And Cain never once even mentions it. Which tells us where his heart is. Which tells us where his heart was when he offered his sacrifice. But the Lord said to him, not so. He still forgives him. He still has gospel for him, good news. Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who would find him would kill him. And so Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. The difference between Cain's sacrifice and Abel's sacrifice had everything to do with where their hearts were. Cain thought, and we know this from Hebrews, the Hebrews verses that we just read, Cain thought that, he could, that his offering would be accepted because of the fact that he was being obedient. Because he was doing exactly what God told him to do. And only because that's what God had told him to do. And Abel's, Abel's brings his, Abel brings his sacrifice with, with what kind of a heart? With a thankful heart. With a heart that says, like a cheerful giver, just like Paul says in, in his letters, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is how Abel gives his sacrifice, with a cheerful heart, with a thankful heart. The reason why Cain brings his offering is to try to manipulate God, to try to manipulate his love for God, to try to get God, to try to get God on his side. And Abel realizes, and we know this from the context of Scripture, Abel realizes and knows that God is already on his side. And his offering isn't helping that. He's bringing his offering out of thankfulness, not out of manipulation. Now, I wanted to know how this sort of still shows up today, and so I do what anybody in the 21st century does. I googled it. And I googled how we try to get God on our side. And this was the first website that came up, and the results are shocking. Ten ways, and I won't tell you what the website was. I will protect the guilty. Number one, stand up for him in public if you want God to be on your side. Number two, pray if you want God to be on your side. Prayer is, absolutely, uh, prayer is absolutely essential, it says, to having God on your side. Number three, read the Bible if you want God on your side. Number four, by far the worst one, help yourself. It says the old saying is still true, God helps those who helps themselves. Eey. But according to what this website says, if you want God on your side, well, that's how you do it. Number five, serve others. Number six, trust him. Number seven, don't worry. Number eight, be grateful. Because if we're not grateful enough, God will not love us. Number nine, meditate. 
And number 10, keep a journal. Ten ways that according to this author that we can keep God on our side. And you're smiling. I know you are because I see you. I smiled when I read this. And do you want to know why? Because I've seen myself in those same things. I've tried those. And so have you. And if you're not careful, be careful, be, be careful who you listen to. Because nowhere in Scripture does this match up with this. Nowhere. Not a single place. Not a single place. When Luther realized that there is absolutely nothing that we can do to earn God's favor or love, he meant it. Scripture means it. Jesus means it. There is not a single thing. Just because you pray a lot does not mean that God is going to love you more. Just because you read your Bible a lot does not mean that God is going to love you more. Just because you come to church a lot does not mean that God is going to love you more. No, none of that works. It doesn't. And thank God that it doesn't. There's only one thing One single, solitary thing that is the reason for why God loves us. The blood of His Son. Romans 8. One of my most favorite passages. Romans 8, 39. This is where Paul is sort of going through and he's, he, he has this great, great section on God's love and what that means for us. And he says, neither high, he's going through all, all of these things. I'll go back to 37. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That also includes our failure to do this stuff. Does he want us to pray? Yeah, he does. Does he want us to read his word? Yeah, he does. Does he want us to be neighborly? Yeah, he does. But it doesn't save us. It doesn't bring us any closer in our relationship with God. You and God are like this. Not because of that, but because of that. And, and every day we are, we are bombarded with stuff like that. I mean, that was the first hit on Google. That's the first hit. When you Google, how can I get on God's side? That's the first thing that comes up. Nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord that includes our failure to keep his law and that includes our failure to keep his commands to us. And thank God that it does. Because there's only one thing that does that, and that is the blood of Jesus. Crucified for you and I on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Not because we asked him to. Not because he, not, not for any other reason other than the, the fact, the, the, other than the fact that he loves you and I with, an, with a love that is immeasurable.
with a love that, that cannot even be close to being counted. And so my encouragement for you, my encouragement for myself, for all of us, is to stop acting like Cain and thinking that, that we can somehow earn God's favor, earn God's love by, by doing... And, and, and this, is, it's so, <laughs> this is how sneaky that Satan is. Because, all, because many of the things on this list, like praying and reading the Scripture, trusting Him, being grateful, praying, right? All of those things are, God that, are things that God wants you to do. And he's so good. He's so sneaky. He will take that and then he twists it and then thinks, well, you, the reason why these bad things in your life are happening is because you haven't been praying enough. The reason why this is happening in your life right now is because you're not reading the Bible enough. Those are lies that come straight from the pit of hell itself. There is nothing in all of creation not a single thing. Whatever you're thinking of right now, erase it. There is not a single thing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because he was crucified. Because his blood has been poured over you and me and we have come out on the other side whiter than snow, loved by an eternal God for an eternal amount of time, forever. I will close with, with, with this. I, I had the great opportunity to preside over a funeral yesterday. And every time that I have that chance, it just reminds me of how great that God's love is. Because as I told the, the folks here yesterday, if, if that person who had died in Jesus, if they were able to be here today, they would tell you one thing. He would tell you one thing, and all of our loved ones who have died in Christ, if they could be here today to speak to you, they would tell you one thing. The first thing that they would tell you is that God kept his promise to me. Not because of anything I did, because of everything that he has done for me. Thanks be to God that that is the love that we are loved with. Thanks be to God that, that he is the God who loves us with a love that is, that is without condition and because of the blood of Jesus that we can never be separated from. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith using the Apostles' Creed. You'll find that printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father I Almighty, in God, the Father maker, Almighty of heaven and earth. maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus, and in Jesus Christ, Christ, his only Son, our Lord, Lord who, was who was conceived, conceived by, by the Holy Spirit, Spirit born, born of the Virgin, Virgin Mary, Mary 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From this he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we collect our tithes and offerings. You'll notice in the pew that you are sitting in is a red sign-in book. Somebody has that book. Uh, Whoever has that, please pass them down towards the windows. Those who receive it on the windows, please pass it back to the aisle so that uh, you may tear off the top sheet and then set that top sheet on the top of the red book so that the elders can come by and get those after worship today. We collect our tithes and offerings. These radio broadcasts are made possible by donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. That number is 417-235-7300. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. A men's Bible study meets at 7 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is, In Your Light, We See Light. The guest speaker is Rev. Dr. Dale A. Meyer. Meditation is time to think, and Christian meditation thinks about God in the light of Jesus Christ. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Read Psalm 26, 36. We remember today our seasoned saints who are 80 years old and over, Arlie Meyer, Delphine Hazelman, Elmer Kaiser, Evelyn Brock, Grace Doss, Joe Pennington, Lauren Clybaker, Nadine Oberman, Orville Meyer, Raymond Spree, and Thelma Barnes. Families of the week to pray for are the Robert Steinberg family, Dennis Stellwagen family, Elmer Stellwagen family, Arlene Stevenson, Brad Stewart family, Marilyn Stewart, Tyler Stewart family, Ryan Stockton family, Jeannie Stoltz, Ann Telshow, Brian Telshow family, Blair Tettenhorse, and the Jackson Tettenhorse family. And now we are going to rejoin the congregation during the worship service in receiving the offerings and preparing for Holy Communion. In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to be sure to remember to pray for. First, for all those who are on our health list, for Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Ernest Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Orrin Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, 
Addison Trochey, Steve Doss, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dotson, Elda Nelson, Bob Yelinek, Mark Felwalk, Lauren Cly Baker, Linda Wee, Gary Magruder, Thelma Barnes, Emma Conklin, Brenda Lawmaster, and Bruce Slutton. Please rise as we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, your mercies are new every morning. In your great love for us, you are forever for us. You are forever on our side because of the blood of your Son, Jesus. Help us by your Spirit to put to death the old Adam who still wants to manipulate your love for us through deeds. Thank you for loving us in spite of this. Thank you for writing those words that there is nothing Nothing in all of this world that can separate us from your love that you have for us in your Son, Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for the whole family of God in Christ Jesus, that all of his baptized children, that they would be uplifted with power through his Holy Spirit, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we may be rooted and grounded in love. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for an increase in full-time church workers, for the spread of the gospel, that many may come to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, and so be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for the leaders of our nation, all public servants and all in the armed forces, that they be given grace to fulfill their varied callings with honor, courage, wisdom, and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for all those who are in need, those who are sick and the sorrowing, the lonely, the injured, and the dying, especially for those in our health list and for all those that we name before you in our hearts now. That Christ would even be their health and sickness, their peace and turmoil, their joy and sorrow, and their life and death. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. We pray to you that by your Spirit that you would enable those with anniversaries to remain faithful to each other and to the vows that they have made. Uplift them in their love for one another and especially their love for you. We pray also for those who have birthdays, Thank you for sustaining them in life to this day, and we pray that your face would shine upon them each and every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For all who draw near to the altar today, not merely to touch the fringe of the Savior's garment, but to partake of his very body and blood, that this sacrament, that this sacrament may be to them for the forgiveness of sins, for courage in resisting temptations, for service in Christ's kingdom, and finally, as a pledge of the glories of a life that has no end. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. Are we done? It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, Our who, Father art heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, come thy, thy will be done, be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize, I recognize and confess, and confess that, I that I am a sinner. I repent, I repent of my sin and ask God's, God's forgiveness. forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. <clears throat> in the same way also, we took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
Our first communion hymn today is Amazing Grace, found on page number 744 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Amazing Grace, page number 744. The next hymn will be Lord Jesus Christ, Life-Giving Bread, on page 625. But once again, the first one, Amazing Grace, page 744.
Our next hymn is Lord Jesus Christ, Life-Giving Bread, found on page number 625 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Lord Jesus Christ, Life-Giving Bread, page number 625. Our next communion hymn is Crown Him with Many Crowns, found on page 525 of the Lutheran Service Book. 
Again, crown him with many crowns, page 525.
The congregation is now singing O Sons and Daughters of the King, page 470. Again, O Sons and Daughters of the King, page 470. Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us. Do the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Our closing hymn is sent forth by God's blessing, found on page number 643 
of the Lutheran Service Book, again sent forth by God's blessing. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this radio broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Kleibaker, and we now go back to the final hymn being sung by the congregation. Have a blessed week.